Riding Around is an improvised recap of a sitcom that never existed. Enjoy! I'm Kelly Quinn. And I'm Malin Von Euler-Hogan. We met as actors on the hit early 2000s sitcom Riding Around, the first network comedy ever to be filmed entirely on... And around... A bus. And we're still pretty good friends. And now we're doing the official Riding Around fan podcast. Each week, we'll talk about an episode of the show and bring you interviews, fun facts, and behind-the-scenes stories that only two people who were on the bus can tell you. Come ride around with us. Well, hello, Mullen. Hi, Kelly. I'm actually so excited about today. I know. We've got a bit of a special treat for everyone. No special guest today. But we will be reading some mail from our special guests who are you, all of you, our listeners today. We're doing a mailbag. That's right. A mailbag episode. Balan, do you want to explain in podcast parlance what a, a mailbag episode is? Of course. So a mailbag episode is when you collect all the questions, all the feedback, those Instagram comments, those emails, those voice memos we've been getting, and we answer them all in a fell swoop in one episode just to let you guys know we hear you, we're listening, and we want to, you know, communicate directly with you. We're going to jump right in, I think, because we were completely blown away by the response to the first season of episodes. And let's go. We're going to start with an email from Riding Around fan Allie S. Dear Kelly and Malin, thank God you guys are starting the review pod I've been praying for. I'm a bit of a Riding Around super fan, a real ride or die, if you will. My entire freshman hall would crowd around the TV to watch you guys every week back in 2006. So many great memories. I intentionally didn't graduate from college until the show ended so I could keep the good times going. Anyway, my question is, if your character could have a spinoff show where they were the driver, sorry, Gus, what type of vehicle would they drive and who would be your dream passengers? Thank you so much. I'm so thrilled to rewatch the show. Don't mean to brag, but I have the original Blu-rays and listen to the pod. Thank you for your incredible work. Hong Kong, Ali S. That is so nice, Ali S. That you would extend your college years for our little show. I mean, that's that's an honor. It's an honor. And, you know, I have to imagine your parents weren't thrilled, you know, at the extra expense. But we're happy to know that you were able to prolong, you know, those those good years of your life and that you spent them with us. That's really special. So to answer your question, this is something that I've obviously thought a lot about over the years. If I were the star of a show, what would I want to do? And as we heard in episode three, Harvey got, you know, his little chance at a spinoff and the rest of us didn't. So it it has come up for me before. And I think I would, you guys know, I like to go method a little bit, but I think because I was driving. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. I like to go uh, all in uh, on the method, but I think that because I drove a Camry for so many years and just really got the feel of that car, you know, the heaviness of a sedan like that, I think I would probably want to do a spinoff show where I am, say, an Uber or a Lyft driver, and I'm driving a Camry, and not a flashy new one either. I think I'd want to be driving, oh, let's see, during the show, I was driving... 2001 Camry, I want to say. So we can update it a little bit. Let's let's put me in a 2011 Camry and my dream passenger. I mean, the people, you know, I, I think I just want to be talking to the people of Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Dream passenger, the people of Los Angeles. Absolutely. Um, if I had a spinoff, I would be driving, 
you know, I'm so charmed by Vespas. I spent a little time in Italy last summer with my husband and my kids. And you know, I'd be on a, a Vespa any chance I got. Just a thrilling way to get around, but doesn't leave you a lot of room for passengers. So my dream passenger, I guess, you know, who would I like? It's your dream dinner guest, except they're, they're right up behind you. I I guess what's the setup on a Vespa? Is it arms around and legs around or how do you position? No. So, so the legs would be staying sort of on the, on the pedals. No, you're not being koala gripped by your passenger. Um, but it's a great question. So it's not a koala situation. Okay. Thank you for clearing that up. And for anyone listening who was wondering the same, I'm glad we got to that. We got to that. Yeah. I think the dream passenger, I don't know. Is it trite to say Mother Teresa? I think she has so much still to teach us. And you know, I like that answer so much, Kel. I'm going to borrow it and I'm going to add on to mine. My dream passengers are, yes, the people of Los Angeles, but also Mother Teresa. And maybe I'll go ahead and add in Abraham Lincoln as well. Oh, that's really good. That's a good dinner party. You're talking the deep stuff there. Oh, yeah. And he's so tall. I mean, it would be, there's your A story, right? Is this, is this guy going to fit in my Uber? You know, right. and if he does, his hat's not, you know, his hat's sticking out the top of the camera oh. as a sunroof. So that's fun, too. And he'd be like, what is this magic? I mean, we're not writers, obviously, but we, we've yeah. done a little bit of thinking about this. That's well, actually I think, safe to say. Kelly, I did want to um, let's not call this an announcement, but I did want to tell you something. You just said we're not writers. I actually am embarking on a little writing project. No way. Yeah. You know, that one woman show I used to do. Back like pre-writing around days. Oh, yeah. I think Black I've shown Fox you the tape. Style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That so was before incredible. we Very knew each raw. other. Yeah. But I like when people come over. I do like to show it to them because I'm just really proud of it. And I was chatting with my husband, and he said, "You know, you don't have to show the tape to everyone who comes over. What if there's another way to get it out there?" And he, I think he was thinking, put it on YouTube, something like that. But I had the idea. I'm adapting it into a screenplay. <gasps> no. Yeah. That is so exciting. It's my story, and like the one-woman show, I'm going to be playing all the characters, so I'm writing it, you know, it's going to be a bit of a tour de force for me uh, once, it, once it's done, and I'm, I'm just feeling so energized with, you know, just to have a new project like this. I'm so impressed by your drive and your creative ability, and really so excited. I'd love to read it. If you have an early draft, I'd love to read it and just put some eyes on it and offer any suggestions or feedback if you're if you're interested in that. And if you're not, then definitely keep it close to the vest and I'll just see it when the rest of the world does. But either way, so excited to hear that you're working on this. No, I, I would love feedback. I mean, that's one of my favorite parts about being a creative is, is being in community with people and learning from other people and getting getting an outside perspective on on a project you love. So yeah, as soon as I've got pages ready to share, they're they're hitting your inbox, that's for sure. So we'll oh. keep the listeners posted on, you know, what's what's going on with that. But yeah, I'm just uh sorry, I sorry to go on a tangent. I know we're doing this mailbag, but um it's just it's something that's exciting in my life. So I wanted to share. That is so exciting. And no apologies, because I think we're on this journey with our listeners, right? And some of what's so fun is learning about their lives, and we get to share a little with them about ours. Our next question that we have here is from Nathan P., who I will say it looks like from his Instagram has a a little podcast of his own. It's called Secure the Gag that maybe our listeners, if you want to hop over in your podcast app and give that a, a little listen, it sounds fun. Nathan wants to know, will you two talk about the musical episode? Nathan, we can. I, we, I mean, we plan to talk about every episode of the show. We know that not a lot of people really cared for the musical episode. So I can't tell if this is 
getting at that or if you're a fan of the musical episode, but we do plan to talk about it. We probably will not have the take that it was a disaster the way that a lot of the, the press, you know, took it. I, I, I had a lot of fun doing that episode. I don't know about you, Kelly. I did too. It pushed me out of my comfort zone. You know, it was after Diana was back with us um, in, in the later seasons and she was back from Hollywood exile and really trying to do something different. And I think we accomplished that. And that's what I'll, that's, that's where I'll cap my comments for now. Fair, fair enough. Obviously we will talk about that when we get to that episode, but just know Nathan, we're very proud of our work in that episode. And thank you. Now we have a question that's less of a question and more of a comment from Instagram user BV Euler, who pointed out a factual inaccuracy in episode five with Kevin Concealer. And in that episode, Kevin mentioned that his family's Polish last name had been changed coming to America at Ellis Island. And I'm so embarrassed to say that, as as Barbara pointed out and helpfully linked to a New York Public Library blog post, that's actually a somewhat persistent myth about Ellis Island. But in reality, no names were actually ever written down at Ellis Island, and so no names were changed there. Um, and now I'm quoting from this, from this blog post, the names of arriving passengers were already written down on manifests required by the federal government, lists which crossed the ocean with the passengers. So so again, Barbara, we just wanted to, you know, apologize for our role in perpetuating this myth and spreading this kind of information, you know, especially with the COVID pandemic. It's so important not to spread misinformation without fact checking. So uh, please tell your friends, pause the podcast right now and text one person you know that actually no names were changed at Ellis Island. It'll make a huge difference. And we want to say to everyone, if you ever hear us getting something like this wrong again, please do write in. Please don't hesitate to reach out. We want to be as accurate as possible. And we want to encourage our guests to also be as accurate as possible. Yes, we have spoken to Kevin Concealer. Please know that. Yeah. And we asked him to please edit his website where he makes mention of this as well and to kind of help us in our journey to set the record straight on this. So thank you and apologies to all genealogy enthusiasts out there. We have a question from at wrong Morrissey on Instagram who wants to know who was the first celebrity guest star on the show. Aha. Uh-huh. And I wonder if at wrong Morrissey is trying to do a bit of a trick here because I bet if you're watching through the episodes in order, you might think you know because we have John Hamm appearing early on in season two. However, however, He was not a star from Mad Men just yet. So while he did one day become a celebrity at the time, I think on a technicality, we could not fairly call him our first celebrity guest star as he was just a fellow actor like ourselves at the time. But our first celebrity guest who was already a celebrity when they came on the show, which was also later in season two, was the queen of Maine herself, Lisa Lampanelli. Huge get for us at the time. I remember being so nervous with her on set. Like this, my is palms a, were sweating this when was a she pro. came up to me. Yes, because as much as you know, we already had, as we discussed with our dear friend Lorenz Cook last episode, he could be a little mean, a little nasty around set, calling me Tang Head, and it was mostly you, wasn't it? Yeah, he did. He did seem to have a bit of a, a a soft spot for teasing me. Certainly, I think that's a sign of affection for some some people. Yeah, I would say that too, and and I certainly hope that he still feels that way. But Lisa Lampanelli, you know, famous for just being merciless, and so I think rem- I remember those days we were all tiptoeing around on set being like, oh, please don't comment on my, my jeans today or yeah, my, my makeup. Or I remember 
you know, I wasn't feeling great about my body at the time. I was like, please don't, oh, don't say anything about my, my, you know, my tummy. Yeah. Yeah. She had a thing about tummies. I think, yeah. Cause I remember I did, I had a little scene with her, just a little kind of like a couple of lines back and forth. And afterwards she kind of poked me in a, in a weird way where it was like, I think she was trying to give me the note to like, you know, sit up a bit straight or I don't know. I just, it rubbed me the wrong way, but I was also like, well, this is, she's a professional, you know, she's been in the biz a lot, you know, and more successful than I am, uh, for a lot longer. So yeah, I know it sounds like fun. Like it must be fun when celebrities come to set, but it changes the dynamic a little bit sometimes, right? Like we've got this family vibe on set. We all know each other. Everyone except Lorenz is being really kind and supportive. And then you get this injection of just just different energy. If I want to be charitable is what I'll call it. And it changes things. It does. But Lisa, if you're listening, you know, no hard feelings. Um, Happy for all your successes. That's a long that's a long winded answer to your question. Wrong, Morrissey. But I hope hope that uh, that does it for you. Our next question comes from at Rekha underscore S, who asks, was there any thought to switching to the kind of bus that scrunches in the middle? We had so much fun doing research for this question, I have to say. We learned from Wikipedia that this type of bus has dozens of names, right? The banana bus, the bendy bus, the tandem bus. I don't know, do you want to read some of these? There's I'm, I'm tired already. I think the uh, official name is an articulated bus, mm-hmm. which is such a, I just never would have guessed. These other ones, you know, I can kind of see the origin, but articulated. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's so funny. Vestibule bus, wiggle wagon, stretch bus, accordion bus. It's just fascinating. But no, no, there was never any thought given to switching the type of bus to the scrunch one. Just sort of wouldn't have been feasible. Because I don't know if any listeners have ever been on one of these buses. Um, I have. And when they do turn, the bendy parts... It's kind of hard to see a straight shot toward the back of the bus. Mm -hmm. And they shift under your feet, which means people are slipping and sliding around. Right. When you're in that middle section, it's hard to keep your balance. And so I think just from a production standpoint, we were not ever going to consider something like that just for both the safety, but also visibility for getting those long shots that everybody loves so much down the entire center aisle of the bus. We just would have lost that a little bit uh, with a differently shaped bus. But thank you for the question. I love that. I love when we get true bus fans here. Mm -hmm. People that maybe came to riding around because they were a fan of the form of transportation. That's so fun to us. Yes. And then stuck around for the characters. At Janie Fierce on Instagram asks, what would you label the underlying tension you two have as hosts? Wow. Huh. Do you, (laughs) I would say. I'm a little bit surprised by this question. I just say I have nothing but the utmost respect for Malin as a person and an actress and a writer now it sounds like. Uh, and I and I would say that right back at you. Take away writer and add in illustrator. I mean, Kelly is one of the best most talented people I've ever had the opportunity to work with. I would do it again. I am doing it again. Uh, I would not be doing this podcast with Kelly if I didn't have such extreme uh, respect and just fondness for her. And same here. And if you all knew how many emails we'd received from NBC asking us to stop doing this, you would know we've really had to fight to continue to work together in this capacity. Mm -hmm. So I think if any um, underlying tension between us is 
uh, I don't want to say a figment of your imagination, but certainly um, not something either of us is actively feeling in, as, as we're recording these. Certain, certainly not. And I, you know what I think it could be, Kelly, is a lot of people think that women are catty. You know, it's like two women can't just be friends, right? They're, they're in competition for, you know, limited acting roles for women of a certain age, or they're competing to be, I don't know, the best podcast host or something. It's like, right. actually, we can kind of just coexist as true equals. That's also possible for women in friendships, it, you know? Yeah. And I, and hear that, Hollywood. Please hear. Uh, did I at, at some point, you know, maybe put a little diuretic in a coffee because I knew Mullen had a big audition coming up that I was also going out for? <laughs> yes. But th- that was years ago. And it was all it's all in good fun at the end of the day. Friends also challenge each other. I want everyone to think about that as well. Maybe you're hearing friends challenging each other as tension. And I guess, yeah, I think sort of what Kelly said earlier, maybe think about that and what you might be projecting onto the podcast when you listen. Okay, our next question is from Instagram user at Kickinson who asks, can you speak to the fan rumor that the set was infested by a pack of wild dogs during season two? This is, we get this a lot, but this is unfortunately, wish I had something more exciting to report. Nothing but a rumor. There was one day on set where our showrunner, Diana Bones, she had a a Yorkie poo, a a small dog that was not incredibly well-trained. And so that dog did, did get a little wild on set, did a fair amount of eating and, you know, getting sick. It felt like a pack of dogs, and it was just the one. Just the one. So I think that's probably where that rumor came from. But thank you for the question, Kickinson. Next up, we have a little question from Emily Yarrison, at Emily Yarrison on Instagram. Longtime listener, first-time caller, what incident caused Couchfest to be canceled? Yee. Ugh. Well, it was maybe doomed from the start, to be honest. So sure, less, I'd say of less a, one incident and more maybe a series of incidents caused by, you know, the content of the show is a little racy, as we've discussed. And yeah, yeah. I, Diana yeah. started to be the target of writing campaigns for mothers across the country who didn't want their children watching, for example, a scene with a vibrating couch where it's pretty clear somebody's deriving sexual pleasure uh, from being on the vibrating couch. And it's, it's, it's just towing the line of what you can show on network TV, but you know, there's something more going on there. Yes. There was a very big and very coordinated Facebook group who really had it out for Couchfest, and they were able to mobilize and get all of their members to activate on this. So on the one hand, I, I admire the gumption. Solidarity and, and the gumption. Yeah. Yeah. Ultimately, I think the network decided this is not worth the hassle. We're hearing from these mothers constantly. And the FCC was starting to hear from the mothers constantly, which ultimately ended up being more sort of the problem is that they sort of tipped the FCC's hand and they sort of had to say, we got to shut this thing down. Right. So that's why, and again, we talked about this a, a bit in episode one, but that's why when you watch now, you will see that disclaimer up top of the show letting you know that this might not be appropriate for all viewers. Things will get the explicit rating. It's a little bit, it's a little bit beyond <laughs> explicit. Um, They wanted to really just make sure people knew what they're getting into if they decide to watch the show, which for the record, I think everyone should. It is fantastic. Yes. Are you going to be dealing with sexual themes and, you know, risque subject matter? Of course. Yes. But, you know, if you're an adult and you uh, can handle it, I say go for it. 
Couldn't have said it better myself, Alan. Thank you, Emily, for the question. Yes, thank you, Emily. Instagram user at Lucy Lucy Lux asks, did you keep anything from set or was there something you wish you could have kept? And that's such an interesting question because the reason we got started doing this whole project is because Mullen was a little bad girl and did snatch a little steering wheel, the steering wheel of the bus. Yeah, it's funny you say little because it's pretty big. You know, these <laughs> these bus steering wheels are are sizable. But I had a big tote that day and I was able to stuff it on in there and carry it out. Carry it out to the Camry. And is there something I wish I could have kept? Well, a bit of a spoiler, but there is a, a podium that my character got to speak at. Um, mm-hmm. when I, my character wins an election. Finally she, wins an election. Finally. She gets to speak at this podium. And I got to tell you, the rush I got standing behind that thing. I came home and said to my husband at the time, I, I want that in our house. Like, I want to be have every conversation we have, I want to be standing behind that podium because the feeling I got from it, it felt oh, just so empowering. So wow. I wish it was too big for the trunk of my car and I couldn't figure out how to get the seats down so that I could do, you know, through the, the trunk into the body of the car. So oh, you should have asked me. I would have helped. Yeah, you were driving that big passenger van at the time. I probably could have fit. Oh, well, you know. Yeah, I had the Dodge van. We've all, we've all got regrets, but, but yeah. And of course I'm no, I don't need to feel that way in my relationship anymore. So I'm doing just fine without the podium. But, uh, I think that would have been kind of cool to, to have taken with me. And for me, I would have to say, uh, in, there's an, an episode in season three where it's not a, a prop from set, but it is a cost, a piece of a costume that I got to wear. It was this gorgeous brooch with, um, uh, a peacock on it and it couldn't have been real diamonds, but it, they appeared to be real no. diamonds sort of s- scattered throughout the tail of the peacock. And it's just a gorgeous piece, you know, and something that I felt, okay, I don't know why this single mother uh, running mm-hmm. errands using the bus as transit with her child has this piece necessarily, but a really just beautiful heirloom type thing and, you know, would have loved to have been able to keep it after, but I was instructed to put it back in the in the box where it, it, it came from and harshly instructed. I will say our, 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 our costume designer, not someone you wanted to cross. Oh no, 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 no. Mary was a, she was a scary one. <laughs> Let's yeah. just say that. <laughs> scary Mary. Curious Lucy, Lucy Lux had another question for us. What was your weirdest fan interaction? I think mine might've been with you. Tell me if this is your weirdest one, but it was when we were at the Grove that time. It, Absolutely was. Nothing weirder has ever happened to me in public, in private, maybe. I mean, it was just bizarre. We were walking around. We were having a gal's day at the mall. Mm -hmm. And these two people came up to us. And I think I saw the one that looked like you first. And I was like, oh, Cal, that is your doppelganger. Right. And come to find out, no, that's your doppelganger. The person with her looked exactly like you. And we were staring at two, I mean, literal clones of ourselves. We look down, they're wearing the same clothes that we're wearing. I was freaked out. I was so was freaked so, out. And neither of them spoke the entire time. No, dead no. silence. And we were like, is this a, you know, is this a, fa- are these super fans? You know, right. are it they? Was clear there had been some level of coordination to get there in the clothes we were wearing, find us, yeah. track us down, plant themselves in front of us. But 
not a word was spoken. No autographs no. were signed. No, uh, you know, hey, great to meet you. Huge fan, which I was happy to do at the time. I think we both were. It was our yeah. first oh, taste yeah. of success. But it left us both feeling a little unnerved. We couldn't have been kinder. So if they were nervous or something, I don't know why they would have been. We stuck out our hands for a handshake, got nothing. And eventually we're just like, OK, I guess we're going to go to the Adidas store. But then we are going to our cars later and we parked side by side, which was cute. And they had followed us to our cars as well. And it was just and same cars. Yeah. A yeah. Toyota Camry and a Dodge van. So weird. I mean, just scary stuff. Yeah. I don't want to say scary. If you're listening now, if you remained a fan of us throughout all those years and you're listening now, shoot us an email. We would love to understand what happened that day. Oh my gosh. Dream guests for the show, actually. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Feel free to email us ridingaroundpod at gmail.com. And we'd love to talk with you about what the heck that was. It <laughs> was it? Yeah. So that was probably the weirdest. Yeah. And great that it was the same for both of us. Did you have a weird solo interaction? You know, I never did. I would say it wasn't a f- fan of me interaction, but definitely in the years where our younger co-star Harvey was getting harassed by his sort of adoring public oh, and yes. the, the media and the paparazzi. Any of those interactions, I would say, you know, I, I got underwear thrown at the side of my head, not yeah. meant for me, meant for no. Harvey. No, but that was pretty st- strange. You know, a lot of a lot of obsessive fans he had, and a lot of very sexual fans. Yeah, yeah, it makes me sad actually sometimes to see these young gals doing this stuff because they don't even have a chance with him. You know, he's famous, right? So ultimately, I feel bad for them. <laughs> Right. I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, but he's dating fellow celebrities at that point. So it's like, what are you doing throwing your underwear? You know, right. Yeah. Get yes. back to high school and, you know, ask yeah. out the guy on the football team or what the closest you can get to a Harvey Gordon at your high school. Maybe you're not football team level. Maybe you're, I don't know. Right. Chess I, club. Sure. Yeah. Detention. Latin club. Whatever your crowd is. Yeah. That, I mean, that's, I guess what I'm trying to impart is like, go for a peer, go for someone mm-hmm. who's on your level. Right. That's just advice from someone who's, who's dated a lot, been in a lot of relationships. Mm-hmm. I think it's helpful when the two people are on the same exact level and it's, you know, it's actually not that hard to quantify. No, I don't go up to Brad Pitt and ask him out on a date. I'm married, so I never would anyway, but you know, just in terms of the math of it, of our, our levels of status, I, I'm not a Brad Pitt and I'm comfortable admitting that. Well, Kelly, you're extremely beautiful. Oh, well, thank you. That's are, are the fame levels different? Sure, for now. But uh, attractiveness level-wise, I say you and Brad in another life, you could do it. You would put me on the same level as Brad Pitt. Well, I'm, Absolutely. I'm sleeping happy tonight. I hope the person who asked about the tension between us here heard that answer because would someone who was not friends say, say something as nice as that? No, I dare say not. <laughs> Okay, Instagram user OKTulio has a very interesting question for us. He asks, this might be controversial, but why did Sarah Paulson's character get killed off the show? I mean, you never want to speak poorly of a colleague. No, no. And I will say Sarah is extremely nice and has only ever been very lovely to both of us. But comedy is hard. Comedy is hard. And I don't even know if we really need to get more into it than that because I don't want her reps hearing about this and, uh, you know, thinking that we're no. disparaging her in any in any way. No. And, and she's gone on to do great stuff. I mean, oh, I mean since American the show. Story, every every Ryan Murphy show, she's had some sort of mm-hmm. role in and, and excelled in. 
She's a chameleon, but she is a character actor. And here's what I'll say is I actually think, Kelly, and again, just I'm saying this as a friend, I think you could do what Sarah Paulson does, but I don't know that Sarah Paulson can do what you do. Wow. You're a comedic tour de force. You know, you played a mom of one girl played by two twins. It's just one of the funniest characters that's been on network television. And so you put someone like Sarah Paulson in scenes with actors like you, actors like Gus, actors, actors like, like you, Harvey. Huh? Oh, thank you. Thank you. And it's just, it gets a little bit, yeah. So, so I it think takes the, someone special to, to yes. walk in because she's just dropping in, right? She's a day player. Of course, so she's of course. coming in for this arc and we're already a family. So we're boom, 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 boom. We're fire, firing on all cylinders. We're making each other laugh. In between takes, we're improvising. And she just, I don't want to say she couldn't keep up, but I, I would say yeah, yeah, she had a hard time. So that's why the show wrote her into that sort of motorcycle accident with the bus. She's, yeah. And then she's no more. Yeah. And uh, we wish her well. Would love to have her actually, if, you know. Oh, if she would do the show, I would take all of this back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Now, our next question comes from Caitlin in Waterloo. Any truth to the rumors about a reboot in the works? Oh, Caitlin, we wish. <laughs> we wish. Another one of those sad rumors that's just going to stay in the rumor category, unfortunately. And Yeah, I think the network, you know, so far at least, has not seen a proven appetite for a reboot. We're obviously hoping that the podcast will change their minds a bit. You know, that's a little bit complicated by our relationship doing this podcast. The network's not thrilled, da, da, da. But we're hoping to show them, with the success of this, prove an audience, put us on Peacock, let's see. Let's go. Let's see you how know. it goes. You know, all it takes is a couple. You don't need a billion dollars to make a test pilot episode of something. And yeah, we are, would love for that to come to fruition, not currently in the works. Because think about it, I mean... People who were on the bus then could very well still be on the bus. Gus wasn't so old that he couldn't still play. Like, I don't think he's not retirement age yet. Right. And no. for all we know, my character is now mayor of Bristol. And so she needs to be uh, riding the bus, you know, sort of a mayor woo of Boston type situation where you got to prove right. that, you know, we have ideas for a reboot. If anyone wants to, I don't know, write to NBC and ask for that. Go for it. Right. Don't mention us when you write them because, again, we have a, a complicated, this is not an authorized podcast technically, but definitely write them. Yeah. Yes. We'd we'd love for it to seem like an organic groundswell of support for a reboot. So if, if any of you, and we can probably, we can track down that email and stick it in the show notes. Thank you for the question. And I assume that's coming from someone who would like a reboot. So I'll also say a thank you. Thank you. We appreciate you. Ben D. from Lehigh asks, in later seasons of the show, do you feel like you relied too much on the bus breaking down as a storyline? By my count, there were at least eight episodes where some part of the bus malfunctioned. Either way, love the show. Well, that's a close watcher. <laughs> yeah, eight. Wow. You have a pad and paper, Ben D. from Lehigh? <laughs> Goodness. What are you? What are you, us? Um, <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. We obviously haven't watched through to the end uh, in our rewatch yet. So it's funny that it's striking you that way. Cause uh, my memory of being on the show was that it felt, I don't know, it was a welcome dramatic moment each time it happened for me. And I feel the same. I mean, we, again, 
have discussed our relationship to the writer's room, not allowed in, not allowed any visibility in, but always trusted what they came up with. And so if there were eight episodes where some part of the bus malfunctioned, then I think the record will show and time has shown that there were eight times when that was funny, you know, where it was funny or as you said, dramatic and needed uh, to move the plot of the episode along. And I think we can chalk some of it up to the fact that when Diana returned, she had refused to watch the episodes that were made when she was not on the show. Mm -hmm. So yes, there was a bit of repetition in those seasons because Diana didn't want to be tainted by what the replacement showrunner had decided for the show. She was very, very married to her original vision for the show, which I respect and think was, was correct. Because I will say, yes, several episodes of Bus Malfunctions, but all different. Never the same part breaking down. Mm -hmm. We had the engine. We had Mm -hmm. a a gasket. We had a tire blown off. We had the, um, the pole, the thing that let the driver know to stop. That was Mm -hmm. broken one episode. And, And it probably does look like a convenient way for us to get off of the bus, right? Like it's a story a story hack almost to, yeah, I got to stop the bus and, oh, look, they get off of it. And, oh, look, there's a a location right there. And that's how we get, you know, some off the bus sort of set pieces and and fun scenes and departures. But I think you would be wrong to say that that's a bad thing. Well, Kelly, I think that's it for the mailbag. I think we've answered everything. Successful first mailbag, Malin. Look forward to many more, you know, seven seasons of television to review. And we plan to do at least one of these every season. So thank you so much for your questions. We also ask, if you're in those podcast apps, throw us a review. Would you give us a little rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify? We'd be so grateful. Maybe text a friend, send them a link to our show if you think they'd like it. We would be so honored. And definitely keep the questions coming if you have them. You can email them to us again at writingaroundpod at gmail.com or just send us a little DM on Twitter or Instagram or an Instagram comment, as some have done. If you're listening on your phone right now, I want you to do two things. I want you to draft a text message to a friend, let them know that no names were changed at Ellis Island, and then let them know that we have a podcast that we'd like them to be listening to. And both are equally important pieces of information that we'd like shared today. And one more thing, if you are being so kind as to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, we would love it if you would write your favorite memory from the show, a favorite scene, a favorite character of yours, something that you hope we'll talk about on the show in the future. If you do that, we will read it in an upcoming show. Thanks so much for being with us today, and we'll see you next week for another exciting episode. Hong Kong. Thank you so much to all of our listeners. Thank you also to Kelsey Bailey for our logo and to John Purcell for our theme music and for mixing the show. You can follow us at Writing Around Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And send your thoughts and questions to our email address, writingaroundpod at gmail.com. Please subscribe, rate us, and review us anywhere you find your podcasts. And if you leave your favorite Writing Around memory in your review, we'll read it in an upcoming show. Come back and join us next week. We'll have another great episode for you that you won't want to miss. See you then. Hack, hack.